Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACTS Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Today's show is about being prepared for natural disasters when you need to immediately leave or when you need to hunker down for a few days and simply being ready for a food allergic reaction. We're talking with FACT's Vice President of Education, Kristen Osborne, to learn what items to pack and how to pack them. Welcome, Kristen. It is absolutely fabulous to have you back on FACTS Roundtable podcast. You always bring such great, actionable knowledge. I am absolutely looking forward to today. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the Roundtable podcast. We appreciate you being here. Before we jump in, though, can you share with listeners what food allergies and other conditions you manage in your home so then they'll have some context of why you pack what you do? Absolutely. We're a family of five and our different life stages with our children are one in college, one in middle school, and one in elementary school. And of those five, four people have multiple life-threatening food allergies. And they're allergic to dairy, egg, wheat, peanut, tree nut, shellfish, and fish. And in addition to food allergies, we also navigate asthma and seasonal allergies. And when you have these different diagnoses that you're navigating, it becomes even more important to be prepared in the event of emergency, whether that's a food allergy emergency or a natural disaster emergency. Thank you for giving us that background. I knew you dealt with a lot of different things, and I know that will help all of us have just better context. This year has been crazy, and there have been fires, floods, hurricanes, and storms this summer just across the nation. But when you have food allergies and need to leave your home quickly, the uncertainties of finding safe food become an enormous challenge. Can you explain the difference between what the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention calls a go bag and a stay bag? A go bag is something that you can quickly take and leave, whether it's in your vehicle, if it's in your car, or at your place of work. Typically, it's a backpack with straps on the back, so you can put it on your back and still be able to use your hands if necessary for whatever you need. And a stay bag could be a bag or a duffel bag. I've sometimes seen 
People use large plastic bins and they put their emergency food and things in those bags. But the go bag is specifically for you to go quickly. The go bag has important information as well as safe snacks and clothes for you to wear. And it differs, again, from the stay bag because you carry things in it that will keep you satisfied for at least 24 hours or 72 hours, depending on how full the bag might be. Thank you for bringing that clarity to us. I know I've seen on the CDC's website information about this, but they never really defined what the difference was. And so I was always just a little confused there because we do some things at home too. But on this note, can you please guide us through what you do recommend to put in the go bag? And listeners, take out your pens, plug in your laptop. You're definitely going to want to take notes on this. So in the go bag, it's going to be unique to each individual and then each family. I mentioned earlier, we're a family of five and each individual has their own bag. And that's important because some of my needs might be different from the needs of my student in college. But for the most part, our needs are similar, but there may be some extra things that he needs or extra things that I need. I always suggest having a brightly colored bag, but at the end of the day, you could really have any backpack that you have or any kind of bag that would be helpful to you. The key is making sure that the bag stays in a central location so that everyone in the home knows where it is in the event that you need to evacuate quickly. What typically goes in the bag are things like technology. I recommend having Ziploc bags or other kinds of bags to segregate the different supplies that you have. So for technology, you might have a portable charger with a cord for your cell phone, a plug for the wall, and possibly a flashlight. And for the separate bag, you might have your safe food. So any kind of granola bars that are safe for you or your family, cereal bars, any non-perishable foods like fruit pouches, meat sticks, granola, I've even seen the packages of chicken or the packages of fish that you can throw in the bag. So any kind of safe food, that would go in its own separate Ziploc bag. Then you would think about any kind of medical needs that you may have. You're going to include a first aid kit. And in the first aid kit, there are Band-Aids and alcohol wipes and anything you would find in the standard first aid kit. Now, you don't necessarily have to buy your own first aid kit. You could make your own with the supplies that you already have in your home. Again, sticking it in a big Ziploc bag. And I mentioned my life stage is college, elementary, and middle school. If you have a little one that's in diapers, you want to make sure that you have diapers for your little one, formula, medicines that are necessary. Each bag really is unique to each individual. I like that. In our home, we always kept one big giant bag for everybody, but they were younger. And so you're right, as we get older, we have different needs. I mean, eat feminine products even, or different medications, or the nebulizers, or things like this. You do. You definitely have different needs. And 
it's a good idea for each person to be able to carry their own bag. So if you're a four-year-old, they can carry their own bag with whatever special things they have inside. And like you mentioned, nebulizers or inhalers, any kind of special medication, epinephrine, they're all things that go into that bag. And it may sound like what I'm listing are a lot of things, and it sounds a little overwhelming to put together, but you can just start with the basics. And you can shop anywhere from one of the stores where everything's a dollar. You can shop in one of the big box stores. Again, nothing needs to be perfect. It just needs to be usable and friendly for your family. Well, I think it's brilliant to just use backpacks and things that they can carry themselves. Because if it is a crisis, you're trying to juggle children and family and bag and maybe pets. So that is absolutely brilliant. And you mentioned college. So this is heavy on my mind. My daughter goes to school in Los Angeles, and there was an earthquake right where she was last night. Not too big, but enough that made me stop and pause and go, wait a minute, she doesn't have a go bag in college. Oh, man. So let's brainstorm right now. What kind of go bag do we want for our college students? What would you suggest? For college students, you're going to have similar items, specifically enough food for 24 hours at least. From the CDC, they recommend having 72 hours worth of food, but sometimes people can't carry that. But in the college bag, you want to have an extra pair of clothes. So since your daughter goes to school in L.A., it more than likely will be warm. She'll have clothes for warmer climates. I would add a sweatshirt in there because you never know where you may end up. That is very cold. Plan for the environment. If you're in a colder environment, you're going to need leggings, pants, long sleeve shirts. For college, you would also need contact information. So if she's leaving, she might have a copy of her vital information, like medical cards or information for you as her parent, you know, contact information, email addresses. In addition to contact information, she may also have her medications. If she has an inhaler, any kind of acetaminophens or medicines that she uses on a daily basis. And in addition to those things, she will need the emergency plan for her school, because each school has their own personalized plan of what to do during an emergency. And sometimes we found that it's easier to just have a printout of what that is in case she's supposed to go to a specific area or a specific place. And that may also include them texting and providing, you know, emergency text with information, but a copy of important documents as I was brainstorming last night with my husband, we also thought maybe we should get cash because in your Facebook Live you did the other day, you had mentioned small bills. Yes, small bills are very important because if someone has water and you want to purchase that, it's easier to hand them $2 and not need the change as opposed to handing them a $20 bill and not getting the change if they don't have any. So small bills and ones and fives. You can also add toiletries, hand wipes, hand sanitizer, a face mask, toothpaste, any kind of lotions that are safe or creams that are safe for your student. And then don't forget adding a little entertainment because when you're going and you're leaving in a matter of minutes, when you get to the destination where you're safe, 
you may be bored, you need a little entertainment. So having a deck of cards is helpful. Well, thank you, Kristen. I have taken notes and readers, we will make sure we'll get this information added to the College Resource Center that FACT offers on our website. This never crossed my mind till last night. It's scary that there's so many different things that cause emergencies. It's always important to be prepared. Absolutely. Let's move forward and talk about the stay bag. So in my home, I actually had a stay shelf. What do you suggest that should go into a stay bag? You want to have some communication device. So if you have a emergency radio, we have one that is a hand crank. So we don't need to plug it in. It doesn't need batteries. They also make some that are solar powered. But you want to be able to have communication and and listen in on what is going on in your specific area. In addition to the radio, you'll have flashlights or a lantern that will provide you power. I know in our area, we're prone to hurricanes and other wind issues. And sometimes we run out of power. And so the kids already know where our emergency items are and they run and they'll get the lantern. They have it in their room. Each person has a lantern in their room as well, but we have variations of that. Flashlights are important. You want to make sure you store the batteries out of the flashlight to prolong the battery life and the flashlight. And you're going to have a bigger first aid kit. A larger emergency kit with rescue meds and gauze and things that maybe are too cumbersome to put in your go bag. But again, it's specific to what your family needs are. And you want to make sure too, when you're planning for your stay bag, that you have water for everyone. So, you know, a gallon of water per person per day. You want to have enough food for everyone to be able to eat for 72 hours. And when you're talking about food, you're thinking maybe canned chicken, canned fish, if that's something that you're able to eat, oatmeal, and anything that's really self-sustaining, a non-perishable food. Excellent. Thank you. Let's turn now to just everyday preparedness for an allergic reaction. What do you suggest people with food allergies carry in their rescue med bag? And then also, can you maybe just touch on the various ways children or young people can carry their rescue meds? That's a great question, Caroline. When you are packing a food allergic emergency bag, first and foremost is to have your epinephrine because that's the life-saving medication that you will need in the event of a severe allergic reaction. Next, you're going to add things that your doctor prioritizes for you. That could be adding other medications. Additionally, if you have asthma, you may add your inhaler, your nebulizer, and it's always important to add a card in that bag that says I'm allergic to whatever your allergens are, with contact information for an emergency contact that's not yourself or someone in your immediate party. It's a very simple bag. It's not complicated. And you just want to make sure you remember to bring your emergency medication because that is what's important. Excellent. Now, how about various ways your children carry their medications? My son carried 
to this day, all his rescue meds in a backpack. He doesn't go anywhere without a backpack. But my daughter moved around from different things, and she's still kind of finding the way that she wants to carry it. But do you have any favorites or just some suggestions you'd like to share with listeners? Each person in our house has their own special way to carry their uh, medication. My older son in college carries it in his backpack. He feels comfortable with having one in his pocket and one in his backpack. My son in high school has a smaller version of a backpack. It looks like something for hiking or camping. And he always has safe snacks in there along with his rescue medication. And everyone that knows him knows if there's an allergic reaction, this is a bag you look for. So he's used it for a while. His friends are are comfortable and are familiar with it. And then my younger son in elementary school has a small backpack that he carries with him as well. But sometimes life doesn't dictate using a backpack. For example, my son's in the marching band and he can't bring his backpack when he's in full marching band wardrobe. So he keeps his medication in a belt. It's like a a belt with pockets that you snap on. He uses that or he has a pocket in his uniform where he stores his medication. Everyone knows where this medication is in the event of a reaction. And my husband carries his in a little pouch that says emergency. His pouch is bright and you can see it very quickly. And it has his inhaler and his epinephrine in it. And he just carries that around with his keys. So everyone has different needs. I know for me, when I'm carrying medication for the kids, I like to have my own separate bag that I put all the medication in and it goes in my purse. But I've seen people have crossbody bags that fit under their clothes. If you're a runner, sometimes you use those kinds of crossbody bags where you stick your keys in or maybe identification or a credit card. There's so many different options, but again, you want to do what's comfortable for you, what's comfortable for your child, and and it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be anything grandiose or huge for that matter. What I'm hearing from you is really when it comes to that emergency bag, have those basics in there and then use whatever works for you. Absolutely. That's the key. Use whatever works for you, and what works for you may not work for your neighbor. Love that. Perfect. So if someone has limited space and funds, what would be your top five items to pack in your go bag and your stay bag? I love this question because everyone's needs varies. If you are in a limited space and you don't have this area to store all these things, you can get a little creative. Maybe get a container that fits under your bed that you can store your stay information, your food, or I've hidden things behind the couch. (laughs) No one knows that they're there. Or I'll have a little tiny shelf somewhere that is kind of inconspicuous with the things that we need. Um, And this was when we were living in a smaller location and didn't have the extra square footage to put everything we needed. But if you are looking for something and you find maybe it's a cost prohibitive thing. You can shop, I mentioned earlier, at the stores where everything is a dollar, and you can find pretty much anything that you need at that store. And take baby steps with creating this. Yes, it's an emergency, but you may not need everything in the bag right now. I know for our family, 
buying five different emergency radios isn't something that you're just going to run off and go do. So I bought them over a period of time. And it was a while before I even added those in everyone's emergency bag. It may have been a year, but you go the pace that you need. Just make sure you put your priority items in there. And those priority items are unique to you and your family. Wonderful advice. Thank you. Well, we're out of time now. So before we wrap up, do you have any parting words that you would like to share with listeners? In the world that we live in, we don't know what happens from minute to minute or day to day. And one of the ways to help offset anxiety is to be able to prepare in the event of an emergency. When you have food allergies, that's kind of a standard practice because we know it's possible to have an emergency. We know it's possible to have an allergic reaction. And when you're prepared for it, you know exactly what to do. Everyone else in your family knows what to do. And it helps alleviate the additional stress that comes with navigating an emergency. That is brilliant advice. You are so right. The whole purpose of this is just to eliminate stress when you're already in a stressful situation and then to be prepared to continue taking care of your health during that crisis. Thank you so much, Kristen, once again, for being on the podcast, bringing this great information to us. And thank you for helping me brainstorm college. I know there are a lot of listeners out there in the same position with children at school. So I'm sure they appreciate this just as much as I do. But Once again, thank you for being on the show and bringing great information to all of us. You're very welcome. Thanks again for having me. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to thank DBV Technologies one more time for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.